Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michelle, and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in Capricorn 3. Uh, thank you for joining me today on my birthday. So I appreciate all of you stopping in, and uh, let's let's celebrate the day together. Uh, please let me know where you are stopping in from in the chat box. Say hi. Um, let me know that you're here. I always love seeing all of you stopping in from all corners of the world. It's so um, so beautiful to see that participation. Um, we're going to go on a little bit of a journey today with, with Capricorn and Cancer archetypes since we're discussing the opposition of the sun and the moon today with Cancer and Capricorn. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The, the actual full moon is going to be happening on Wednesday, uh, July the 13th at 2.37 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So we'll, we'll kind of talk about some of the astrology that is leading up to that some of the astrology in between that full moon and the, you know, the kind of disseminating phase to the next new moon. And we'll try to break down some of the, the tarot archetypes as well as the decans as well today. And as usual, we, we will do a, a hexagram from the I Ching and an animal of the lunation in this case. Uh, so I'm taking a look over here in the chat and I've got some lovely friends stopping by. So I'd love to shout some of you out. Uh, Andrea is here from Croatia, Space Tiger Tarot 9. Welcome. Uh, nice to see you. Raven is here. Thank you, Raven. Um, Lynn is joining us today. Thank you, Lynn. Tarja is here from Finland. Um, thank you so much for the birthday wishes as well. Christopher is here. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, so it's so lovely to see all of you today. Um, if you want to support the work that I'm doing here, the first thing that you can do is leave me a comment in the chat box. That's that's uh, always fills my heart with joy. Um, make sure you like this video here today so we can please the, the algorithmic gods <laughs> get this message out to the most amount of people. If you're new to the channel, welcome. Uh, hope, hopefully you'll find a, a, a vibrant community here um, that's very supportive. And uh, please subscribe to the channel and subscribe to the newsletter here. Um, if you want to make a material donation to the work that I'm doing here today, there's a couple ways to do that. There's a little dollar sign in the chat box here called a super chat or a super sticker. Uh, and thank you, Christopher, for the super sticker. We've got our first super sticker today. Uh, that, that supports the work that I do here uh, and, and is very much appreciated. You can also make a donation at buymeacoffee.com. That supports the work that I do, helps me add to my astrological library helps keeps the lights on and all of those things so thank you so much for that in advance um we've got a few more people joining us marianne is here hello marianne and fion is here uh so lovely to see all of you today all right so <clears throat> those are kind of the some of the business things out of the way first uh, one other thing i wanted to alert you to is that i do have another deccan's uh, webinar coming up in a week uh, the Deccans of Cancer is going to be live on the 16th of July. That's a Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So there's still slots available on that. If you want to sign up, there's a link in the description of this video or wherever you're uh, consuming this content. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a really great exploration of, of the Cancerian archetypes. We go over tarot, we go over fixed stars, we go over mythology, uh, we have a good discussion at the end of the talk here. It, it's always a, a wonderful time seeing all of you there as well. So please sign up for that. And um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you there. We're, we're kind of rounding the, the bend with the, the Deccans webinars. I started this project in September, I think, August, September of 2021. 
and have gone through all of the different signs each month. And we're in the last two here. We're in the uh, the Cancer and Leo will be the last two that, that I will do live. And then we'll be on to the next, whatever the next adventure is. So I'm, I'm looking forward to figuring out what's next here. Uh, Andrea, thank you for the super sticker. I appreciate you, my friend. I uh, love the little lemon, <laughs> dancing lemon there. Very nice. Uh, so, yeah, and please let me know, like, what are some things that you'd be interested in me exploring and in turn bringing, you know, helping you to explore as well, bringing that wisdom to you through, you know, trying to consolidate all this collected knowledge that I have here with all my book obsessions. I'm always open to new ideas and I would love to be uh, as much of service to all of you as I can. So uh, we're kind of exploring a little bit of liminal spaces here when you kind of get to the end of one project or the end of a solar year as I've been experiencing and trying to figure out, well, what's next? Like that kind of space in between. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, uh, which I think works really well with this full moon. This is some of the some of the themes of the sun in the third decan of cancer. So that's something that uh, we may be experiencing as a collective as well. Uh, thank you, Lynn, for the super sticker. Welcome, Dee, and welcome, Laura. Uh, Ed, thank you so much for, for joining me today. This is sort of my impromptu birthday party, so I'm so happy to <laughs> be here with you today. Uh, and yes, I'm working on my birthday, but I, you know, this is the kind of community that I have now. Um, you know, in these strange times, it definitely does feel like this supportive, like communal friend group. And I, I always look forward to, to seeing all of you. So I'm really honored that you'd take some time out of your busy weeks today to, to spend it with me today on my, on my birthday. So uh, thank you so much for that. Um, so yeah, as far as like the astrology goes, well, I mean, we, we're in some really interesting times here. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's, it feels like one thing after another, doesn't it? I, I think that we're going through some really um, radical shifts and changes. Uh, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. I've been kind of struggling lately. I've been, uh, the news that has been going around in, in America and in the world has been getting me a little bit down. And maybe it's part of that is the, the solar, uh, the end of your solar return type of thing, like the pre-solar return energy, maybe the balsamic phase of the solar year. I'm really hoping I get a little little shot of solar energy here today on the renewal of my um, solar journey. Um, but it's, it's 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 very difficult sometimes to get uh, a sense of hope when you get bombarded by the the challenges in the news. Uh, so I hope that that you are all feeling okay out there, and that if you're feeling a similar way, know that you're you're not alone, and that we're in this together. And I hope that that's part of what we'll be able to talk about today is how do we deal with some of these very heavy challenges um, that we're going through and changes as a collective. Um, for those of you who didn't know, the, the United States is going through its Pluto return, which is a, a, type of, um, a type of transit that happens once every 248 years. Uh, and we will see the exact hit of that on Monday, July the 11th. So there's P Pluto, of course, represents some buried deep, uh, maybe even corruption that we've repressed. Uh, some modern astrologers call it uh, transformation. Um, it's not an easy transition, though. I, the thing that I've liked the most about people who have described this type of transition is the, the it's, it's cliched, but it works. The, the, the cocoon, the butterfly and the, and the caterpillar in the cocoon. And it's really kind of a, it's a little bit of a violent process. The, the caterpillar dissolves its body completely into this goo. 
and reconstructs itself into this beautiful thing. So I think what we're experiencing here is the goo phase. And uh, there's confusion. There's, there's a lack of, of meaningful structure right now. And I hope that it will, that we're in that process of change and that we're heading towards something that's more supportive of, of life, equality, justice, all of those things that um, our country is supposedly founded on. I, I think that as you get older and you learn more about American history, um, there's those Saturnian sobriety checks that happen um, when you start to get past sort of the, I guess I would, the only word I could really use for it is propaganda that you, you get fed when you're younger. And um, not to say that I don't love my country, I do, but we're going through a really difficult time right now. And I hope that we're uh, strong enough as a community to overcome some of these really, really difficult challenges. Um, so I just wanted to kind of set the scene there because it's been uh, the last two weeks since I've talked with you. Uh, was it two weeks ago? I, I, we had Sam um, Bellier here for the new moon in cancer. And we, we had just gotten news about some of the, the beginning of the Supreme Court challenges that we were experiencing with the, the overturning of Roe. Of, and, and since we even saw that, we've had some uh, castration of the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to regulate climate change. Uh, we've had deregulation of, of guns. We've had... Um, we have something coming on the docket where uh, the Supreme Court might make it much more difficult for um, states to to regulate their their elections. I think we have a, a threat to democracy right now as far as free and fair elections go as well. Um, and you can do your research on that, um, but that's something that's coming down the pike that uh, I'm very concerned about. So all of these things, in addition to just the the continuation of the violence that we experience in, in America right now and around the world, uh, the challenges that we're still dealing with, with, with COVID and the pandemic, which is, is not over and continues to affect our lives. Um, there's just a lot to process. So again, I hope that we'll be able to, to be an oasis today in some of that, those challenges. I will try not to dwell on some of those problems too much today. Um, but I do think it's important to acknowledge that we're in a space that, like that. Uh, and for me to be honest about how I'm feeling too, like I think one of the things that is very hard about doing this work as a spiritual practitioner or as someone who, who really genuinely cares about trying to ease people's pain and suffering, you know, I'm a human being just like you and I go, I'm going through all this with you. And um, sometimes I think even, you know, we need support too for each other, like as far as people who are putting this information out there too. So um, just wanted to share that. But anyway, I'm looking through the chat here. Uh, thank you so much for those of you who are joining in today. Rachel is here. Um, thank you for, for joining us today, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> partying with me today on my, on my 42nd birthday. <laughs> Can you believe it? Uh, that is, uh, it's blowing my mind how much changes have happened even in the last few years. And, and this, this aging thing and this thing called life, there's a lot of reflecting I've been doing recently. Um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy year for me. I, I lost my mom this past year. Uh, my, my daughter is going off to school. We bought a house and all the responsibilities and challenges that come with that. And uh, I've, you know, built this wonderful community with you and feel the responsibility to being um, a good steward of this information for you. So just a lot happening. 
Uh, Rachel says it's a good day for you and an auspicious solar return. This is your day not to take on the heaviness of the whole world. Thank you, Rachel. I'm pretty, actually, I'm feeling okay about the solar return chart. Uh, I, I would be interested to, sh I think if you're looking at your astrological chart today, one thing you, you'll notice is that the moon is conjoining a fixed star called Spica, which is one of the most auspicious fixed stars uh, that we have in, this, in the, uh, the zodiac here. And it's related to, to gifts. It's related to sharing wisdom and knowledge. Um, it is a star that used to guide sailors uh, and give us a sense of direction. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. And I hope that that will bring um, some, some joy and some hope back into the experience here because I, I could use a boost. <laughs> Thank you, Laura uh, Burns. Thank you so much for your super, super sticker there. I, I appreciate you being here today. My friend Laura from Canada stopping in. I've been researching <laughs> researching Canada a little seri more serious here lately. Uh, I think there's a number of us in America who are getting a little antsy and uh, the northern uh, border there is looking quite appealing for a lot of reasons. So, <laughs> Laura, you have to tell me what the deal is in Toronto uh, coming up. Um, what I am finding, though, is that uh, often in my life I've, I've thought about if the grass was greener on the other side. And I think this is another thing to think about in regards to the challenges that we're experiencing as a collective. Every time I've tried to find something greener on the other side, those, those problems that we have, they tend to follow us, you know, into different places that we go. So one of the things that I've found when we're facing these challenges is having the courage to face it and try to be the change that you want to see and change the, the places that you're in and utilize your sense of hope and your sense of will to, to make those changes instead of abandoning those places for what you might perceive to be something better. Um, because we're really all in this together. And you really realize how interconnected we are across borders, across cities, uh, across these, you know, airwaves that we're connecting with here today. And that's never been more true uh, in, in various experiences that I've had, um, just learning about that interconnectedness and, and trying to embrace it rather than, than run away from it. So I may joke about moving to Canada, but I think at the end of the day, as, as Americans, what we really need to do now is really um, double down on trying to um, make this the country that we want it to be rather than uh, just acquiesce to the, the, the powers that be, I guess, on that level. Um, more people stopping by. Uh, Lynn says, it's good to know that times are going, uh, that times are going to be hard and another way to see what actually happens. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's one, it's one thing to know that times are going to be hard. and then see, Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, as astrologers, we get a little freaked out about some of the aspects. And a lot of times, it doesn't really turn out to be quite as bad as we thought. Other times, it, it, it tends to be uh, pretty challenging. So uh, I think that what, we, what I've learned when we see difficult things happening, think about it like uh, if you, you can see that you're about to you know, have a fender bender with someone. If you, if you tense all your muscles up, it's a lot easier to hurt yourself rather than if you maybe relax into it, you may, may get less injured. Same thing for like falling off a horse or something like that. And interesting bringing horses into the mix here because on this full moon that we'll be experiencing, it's on a fixed star called Castor, which was the, the horseman, one of the twins, the Discori, uh, Castor, the, the horseman, and Pollux was the boxer. So if you're falling off a horse, uh, you know, 
some people say that if you go limp or if, you know, it's, it's, you're less likely to be injured. So again, I think that's another great point that Lynn's bringing up that oftentimes if we brace too strongly for some of these challenges that we can really add to the, the injury that we might sustain rather than, than flowing with them. And that's something that you learn when you study spiritual traditions like Taoism too and, and learning how to, to flow with the Tao and, and go with the flow of life rather than resistance because a lot of times the suffering that we experience is from the, our resistance. Uh, Remco says, hi, trying to tune in from public transport. Well, thank you, Remco, for stopping in with this, our celebration here today. Hope to be more present once at home. Thank you, Remco. Um, Mary will be, Marianne will be happy to see Pluto moving out of Capricorn. Well, you and me both, Marianne, <laughs> it will bring a whole new set of challenges. But uh, as a Cancer Sun and Mercury, I will be more than happy to have Pluto not opposing all of those things, although it will then become angular for me, <laughs> seventh house. So the wheel continues to spin. Um, Lynn, okay, more people checking in here. Lynn says, appreciate you telling it like it is, Spencer. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm trying to be honest about my feelings, about where I'm at as a person, where I think we are at as a community. Um, that does not say that I'm completely devoid of hope, and I don't think that you should be either. I do think that part of meaningful change, though, is acknowledging some of the, the pain and the, the challenges that we're going through and being honest about it rather than trying to uh, whitewash it or spiritual bypass it away. I think that's a real big mistake, and I think it's something that's often common in, in this industry that we have here is um, trying to, to minimize some of the, the real challenges that we have in life. But you don't want to take it to the other extreme either with fear mongering or something like that. That's, that's something that I really have to watch out for because as someone who, who feels a responsibility to, to sound the alarm, if I feel that there's something serious going on, you have to be careful to have what I call the turnaround. Uh, you can sound the alarm, you can point out the flaws in the system, and then you get to work trying to figure out, well, how do we fix it? What do we do now? How do, do we need acceptance? Do we need change? Do we need action? All of those things are reasonable responses. Sometimes we need to wait. Sometimes we need to take action. Um, there, there are various different situations and responses that we have, um, but it's always good to, to start putting your mind towards, well, how can we make it better? How can we make that change? And I think that that's important and I'd love to hear some of your ideas here in the chat here as well. Uh, Space Tiger says that Leo rising making you look young. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm well rested today. I'm freshly uh, bathed, <laughs> like I try to take decent care of myself. Uh, the Leo rising in me is, with all my Virgo placements, I try to eat pretty healthy and I go for walks and stuff. I'm not like the most physically, uh, I don't go to the gym or anything like that. I, I'm actually thinking about starting that this year. My solar return ascendant is in Virgo, so maybe I'll start hitting the weights or something. But uh, for uh, maybe some of you other cancers can confirm this, but like, physical exercise where you're just lifting weights for the heck of it is, I don't know, I just get bored. <laughs> I love games though. If I can make it a game, I'm in. I, I love sports. Uh, just lifting weights is not, not really my jam. Um, but as you get older, if you want to take care of this human spacesuit, it's important to, to lift some heavy things every once in a while. Um, Marianne says, wow, you look so young. I thought you were in your 20s. No, I'm, a, I'm heading towards middle age. Some people are... are uh, <laughs> upset when I call 40s middle age, but, um, you know, hopefully I, I will bring the youthful looks and bring you the, the wisdom 
of someone in their 40s. <laughs> like, all right, uh, such an uh, such an awesome chat. You all are are amazing. Laura's asking me if I'm having my Uranus opposition. Good call, Laura. Yes, I am. Uh, I have a natal Uranus in Scorpio, and I am definitely going through the the midlife crisis Uranus opposition. It's um, it's not super fun. <laughs> I'll tell you that. A lot of changes. Uh, okay, Fion says I have Spica on the ascendant. It gets you out of a jam. Well, I'm I'm ready for it, Fion. So you know, send me all the Spica love. <laughs> like Kate says, it's our own North Star. Yes, absolutely. We've got all all sorts of Spica fans here. Um, Laura says, we'll welcome you. Yay! The Canadians will, will guide me to, to a, a more, maybe a more polite society, I guess, if nothing else. I, I, I've always loved how clean Canada is and how polite people are there. I actually have a grandmother that is from, was born in London, Ontario, and I have uh, cousins in Sarnia, Ontario. So I have some, some, some ties there, uh, but we'll see. Like I said, I think that there's a lot of work to be done as um conscious people who are trying to make changes where we're at but it's good to know that there's a, a, a some decent folks north of the border that that is good to know for sure uh rachel says yes and if you all flee it will only get worse i i, I agree rachel if if all of the people of integrity or the ones that are at least trying if we all leave it, yeah it, it just becomes an instantaneous hellscape so uh, i think that we have a responsibility to kind of do what we can um, because there's a lot of vulnerable, vulnerable people here that don't have uh, a voice that, that, that need to be uh, protected. Um, Galactic Center, that's a new one. Hey, welcome, friend. Uh, almost this one. Hey, Spencer, happy birthday. Well, thank you. Full, full moon on your natal sun. All right. <laughs> welcome, Galactic Center. And are, maybe this is someone who has been here before, but with a new name. I don't know. Who, who are you? Who are you, Galactic Center? Maybe I know you uh big stuff 63 welcome friend that's a new name as well so i left the u.s when i was 40 on my birthday and after 20 years of being told if you don't like it leave i was done <laughs> well well big stuff I, I i i understand the impulse and i i i'm tempted but uh i do, there are things i do love about about this country i do believe in the some of the idealism i'm disappointed with some of the reality of trying to carry that out. Um, but again, I think that that means that we have a responsibility to, to try to make it what we want it to be rather than acquiesce to authoritarian totalitarianism um, because that's kind of the direction that we're headed and it's kind of scary. Um, Tarya's here from Finland. Hello, Tarya T. Uh, okay, so Thank you, friends. Thank you for your advice. Thank you, my Canadian brethren. Thank you, my European friends. Thank you, all of the American folks that are uh, stopping in as we are in this all together. Um, let's, uh, let's dive into some of this astrology here. So again, Wednesday, the 13th of July, full moon, third decade of Capricorn, 2.37 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Make the appropriate adjustment for your time zone. A couple big picture thoughts that I have about this. We're going to simultaneously be having the full moon happen while Venus is making a trine to Saturn from Gemini to Aquarius, respectively. So this, there's some sober discussions that we need to have at this full moon. Remember, full moons are, are the, the solar intention that is coming into fruition into a lunar body. So we have body issues related to the moon. 
we've had a lot of talk about bodily independence and and the right to control your own body in America recently. Um, and, and this is something where we're going to have to have idealistic conversations or or sober conversations with with uh, Venus in Gemini, in the third decan of Gemini. I'll show you this real quick. This is the third decan of Gemini, the Ten of Swords. This is really about making choices, and it's going to be trining Saturn in the third decan of Aquarius, which is about untying karmic knots, leaving the past behind, taking wisdom with you so that you can make a new start eventually. So all tied up with this full moon, all right? Now, I'll show you the cards for the full moon, and we'll, we'll break this down a little bit too. We've got the sun in Cancer 3, the Four of Cups, and the, and the moon in Capricorn 3, which is the, the Four of Pentacles. And this, these, these cards are related to the Sephira, or the energetic kind of uh, energetic spiritual center called Hesed. And that's really a collection of things. So energy collects in Hesed. So in, in the, the, the Four of Cups, we have a collection of emotions where we've, we're feeling satiated in this, this summertime of abundance, right? We have questions in that decan of scarcity versus lack. Um, what is enough? That's the question that keeps coming up with that decan is how much is enough? If we've satiated our desires, are we going to refuse more? Are we going to keep taking are we going to share what we have created? You know, we, we had the, the ability to create abundance through protecting things. This is the decan that we're in today. This is the decan of my son, the Three of Cups, where we, you know, Austin Coppa called that decan the walled garden. So it's like, how are you going to protect something vulnerable to bring it into fruition, to nurture it to maturity? And then eventually, once you've done that, then what? What do you do with that? Do you, how do you release it into the world? And what do you do with the, the um, uncertainty of what comes next? Oftentimes when we bring something to fruition, when we bring something to uh, maturity, then it's like, okay, and now what? Now, I'm, I'm dealing with this with, with uh, my adult daughter that's about to go to college and uh, we've had a lot of discussions. She's in the transition period of like the last two months of living at home before she goes off to school. And there's all these questions of independence versus nurturing and how, how to do that transition. Um, and, and I will tell you, one of the things as a cancer son, the nurturing part is easy. The boundary, setting the boundaries and the protecting part is easy. The letting it go off into the world is the really difficult part. And I wanted to share a story today about that that I thought was poignant. And I think that we can look at this as the, the time frame that we're experiencing with the sun in Cancer 3. Remember, I think that the sun is the canvas that we're painting all of this. And this is the, what we are aware of as a collective. The moon may be how we experience it physically, but the, the sun, I think, represents kind of the, the light of the mind, the, the light of awareness of, of our motivation around things, right? It's the big spotlight the sun is, okay? And I, I had a, you know, as I was going through some, some family dynamics on independence and nurturing versus letting go and all of these things, we had a family of wood ducks. I don't know if you're familiar with a, the wood duck, but wood ducks are these colorful, beautiful ducks. They're, they're a little bit different than mallards with the green heads. These have like all sorts of rainbow colors. And I don't live near a lake or anything. I mean, wood ducks generally usually live by water, but I, I was... Um, you know, there was a family that was going through our yard and these, there was like 
six or seven little baby ducks along with this mother. And I was like, wow, that's a wood duck. And then look at all those baby ducks. And uh, ducks uh, generally represent family nurturing. They're very loyal to their family. They're generally pretty good parents. Um, and as I was going through my day, I I went back outside at later in the afternoon and uh, the neighborhood cat had taken a couple of these baby ducks and like my cancerian instincts kicked into overdrive and I like uh, took one of the ducks that was injured out of this uh, cat's mouth um, and I watched it <laughs> watched it die in my hands. It's been a rough week, folks. Um, it was that was a lot, and I, I thwarted another uh, another kill by this cat of the other baby ducks. And then we spent about two hours, me and a few other neighbors, a community of of caring people, collecting the rest of these ducks because the mother wasn't really around. Um, and chasing them around and hearing their little alarm calls and um, collecting them to hopefully protect them and take them somewhere safe. Uh, and we were able to, to, to catch five of these baby wood ducks. And um, I think that that part, I think, is important as far as bringing it to the, the, the present, as far as what we're going through as a collective, is joining together with others to be able to, to, you know, protect one another. I think that's really important. And that came up in the other divination as well here today. The, the story had a, a mixed ending. And this is the other thing that I think is uh, really fascinating, how your, your, your experience can reflect symbolically in a lot of different ways. To me, nature speaks to me. Nature is an oracle to me. And once we had collected all these ducks and tried to protect them, we called the Humane Society, we called the Animal Rehab, and they were like, sorry, we're not going to be able to take these ducks because there's avian flu that's going around, and we can't risk the birds that we already have. We will euthanize them if you bring them in to us. So the, your best bet is to try to reconnect them with the mother and, and let them go. Um, as we were on the phone with them, uh, we saw the mother across the street flying around and tried to reconnect them with her. Uh, she didn't really want to get too close to us, uh, understandably, but we we had to let them go in what I hope was far enough off the road and in a protected brush space, and hopefully the mother reconnected with them. But to me, that's a great metaphor for, you know, a lot. oftentimes we want to be able to collect and protect something innocent, and uh, there is some truth in, in you have a limited ability to do that. You can try your best, and maybe we got them out of the cat's territory and collected them all so that the mother could take care of them. Um, but eventually you have to, you have to let go and you have to send those, those babies out into the world. And um, it's a lesson in uh, releasing control. And I think that that's one of the things that we're experiencing here with this full moon is how do we deal with releasing our need to control everything? How do, we, how do we create supportive structures in our life that will create nurturing? If we've already nurtured something to abundance and to fruition, how do we share our knowledge? How do we share our abundance? How do we share our wisdom with others? Um, sharing was a big key to this, this, this moon because we have choices at full moons. We're trying to reconcile on some level very opposing desires. And sometimes we can't reconcile them completely. And sometimes we just have to hold the duality of each of those differing perspectives. So we have 
this desire maybe to to deny ourselves more and we have this desire to hoard with the four of pentacles in opposition to the four of cups um you know the, the four of cups says what is enough i'm i'm full i what's next i have this like dissatisfaction and i can't i can't take anymore i'm, I'm closed off Whereas the four of pentacles is like, I'm hanging on to what I have. I'm, I'm, I'm also closed off, but I'm holding on to mine. There's a hoarding instinct that I think comes with that four of pentacles. So how do we reconcile those two instincts that are happening simultaneously? And I'm looking through at the chat here. Uh, oh, Yevgen. Yevgen is Galactic Center. Well, welcome, Yevgen. Nice to see you. Uh, it says, you're my favorite astrologer. I had a few readings. You are the best. Well, thank you, Yevgen. And I hope that you are doing well um and that your family is doing well i know yevgen is one of our friends that is from the ukraine so we've I've been keeping tabs on yevgen's story and, and story with his sister and his family over there and just um just hoping for the best through all that throughout all that challenging situation for you my friend um kate is here it says i'm a leo rising to spencer 18 degrees sun at 19 aquarius so i feel you on some of the uranus pressure uh it is opposite my my malefic conjoined in scorpio yeah, Leo Risings are getting their butt kicked right now. Any fixed sign has been really having a rough time recently. Uh, and fixed rising signs tend to uh, want stability. I mean, that's really the nature of a fixed sign. And when you have a planet like Uranus squaring one of those axes, um, it, you know, and all of these other planets, like we have Mars right now in, in Taurus as well, that's shaking up our routines, it can be a little disorientating. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm with you. So I'm saying I'm with you, fixed risings right now. Hang in there. Uh, Rachel says, that sounds like a tough encounter with nature. It shows the need for Cancerian nature, nurture or nature, even in the face of natural threats. Yeah, nurture. Exactly, Rachel. And protection. Uh, <laughs> Beth, Beth says, Lilith duck. Yes. We had that. The previous new moon was conjoined uh, black moon Lilith. So a nice observation there, Beth, for sure. It, it was... Yeah, definitely mixed emotions. And Lynn, Lynn says she has uh, uh, Jupiter and Saturn in Cap 3, so this will be a poignant uh, full moon for you. Yeah, it, it, it was that di dichotomy of, of trying to nurture and protect something and the reality, the cold, hard, sober reality of that nature often confronts us with. Uh, there is Cancerian idealism in wanting to protect and nurture things um, that, that when Capricorn and Saturn comes along, it says... You know, death is a reality. Death is a part of life. Um, and I, like I said, I came face to face with death in my hands. And it, it, there is, it's cyclical though. And there, there's beauty in all of those cycles. Uh, I think you mourn, you mourn your losses and then you try to keep on going. <laughs> you know, I think there's a, you can't stop and get stuck in those places, right? Um, Rachel says, I'm a bit uh, hold on, I'm looking at these comments here. Big Steph said, that's beautiful. Just remember, you've given your daughter all the love and knowledge you could. I hope you can let her go towards her own life without too much cancer and worry. Yeah, Steph, that's, that's a, it's, it's a challenge. I, I'll have to admit, I'm getting there. I, I have some good friends and some good support systems. Uh, it's definitely hard, though. I, I will admit, I'm struggling a little bit with that. Uh, so, but I appreciate, I appreciate all of your advice here, for sure. Um, Rachel says, I'm a bit biased uh, to protection and safety over releasing control, working on that balance. Uh, we'll think of that as this moon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So yeah, I, I hope that story is poignant for this lunation because I think that control versus protection and coming to terms with the reality of change of time uh, is is important here as well. Castle Rock is here. What a great name! I, I, does that refer to the um, the UP? Uh, do we have friends from the UP stopping in? I, I, I remember visiting a place in the, U, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan called Castle Rock. It was a very beautiful space. Uh, it says, logging onto the chat for the first time in months, having some fear come up with recent events striking a little too close to home. Have family in Highland Park sending Midwest love. Yeah, again, uh, those of us in the Midwest, you know, we're reel, reeling from the yet another mass shooting at that on the at the july 4th parade in highland park and it's it's almost easy to get numb to it at this point right because it, it's happening just over and over and over again but i don't think that we should get numb to it i think that we need to still feel our feelings with that and still take the actions necessary to to change it because if we get numb to it i think the apathy is what lets uh, authoritarianism win I think the apathy is what lets us fall into despair. So it's really important not to fall prey to that despair and that apathy. Uh, it's important to mourn our losses and to feel the sadness and the, the really challenging emotions. It's important to be honest about that. But once we've processed, that's when we pick ourselves up and keep going. It's going to take time. I mean, I'm reeling with all of you uh, from various things. So uh, I, I feel your pain, Castle Rock. Uh, Susanna says, hi, Spencer. Happy solar return. Well, thank you, Susanna. Good to see you. And happy uh, early solar return to you as well. No, wait, no. Is it your birthday today? <laughs> I remember we have the same we have the same sun degree. So it has to be your birthday, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. My brain's not working so well. But happy solar return to you, my friend. Uh, yeah, I, I, Susanna has a beautiful new kitty um, that looks like a, a Yoda <laughs> with giant ears. So I'm happy that Susanna has got a new fur, fur, fur baby, a new friend. Um, and happy birthday and happy solar return to you, Susanna. Lisa is joining us from uh, New York. Hello, Lisa. Good to see you again. Found out last week that the business I manage is closing after eight years, moving on from the company after 12. Wow, big changes. Yeah, you and I have talked about that business for a long time. So maybe it's a liberation, right? A lot of times when we have these changes, we get, we're get we liberated to be able to move on to something that is maybe a more um uh a, a reflection of who we are now versus who we were in the past right when that's really about reflecting our, our integrity being uh united with who we are internally with our outer expression so that's something we could be going through as well uh raven says us fixed risings have been going through it with mars now on our angles and about to conjoin uranus and rahu seems like we're not going to get a break for a while no raven we aren't, but we're going to have to create those breaks and those little oases and those little sanctuaries for ourselves, um, which I think is like today as I speak, it's one of the real gifts of, of the moon or any planet in the third decan of Libra is being able to think about the four of swords energy. How do we collect our thoughts, center ourselves, create uh, peace so that we don't have all this chatter going on so that when we do take action, it's it's well reasoned it's well thought out it's from a place of collective calmness uh sort of like the eye of the storm rather than from a place of panic and i think that's really important right now is how do we collect ourselves how do we take time to practice that self-care so that we can be strong to be able to to respond uh 
to the challenges that we face. So yeah, I hope that you're able to find that piece too, Raven. And happy birthday to you early or late. I, I know that you've got some cancer stuff too, so <laughs> don't remember the exact date. Uh, let's see. I love all these chats. Okay. Yeah, Darren or D is asking, Castle Rock is real? I thought it was just a place created by Stephen King. There is a real Castle Rock, D. It is uh, in the, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. It's like this big jutting kind of like, you know, rock uh, formation that you can see for miles off of. It's really cool. There's a little interesting little gift shop underneath it. It's a it's a it's a neat space. I, I enjoyed visiting when I was uh, when I was uh, going up there. Okay, so there's another Castle Rock apparently in Northwest Illinois that uh, the person in the chat is telling us about. Uh, the one in Michigan is gorgeous. I've never been to the UP. My parents are married in Mackinac. I live in Iowa City. Oh, okay, well, all right. So <laughs> we've got multiple spaces. And thank you for the birthday wishes, Lisa. I appreciate you. Uh, Amy, Amy Melissa is here. says, I feel quite withdrawn with these last lunations for sure. Super fits your description, interpretation with the tarot. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I love the little duck symbol we have here. Okay, so friends, what do you think about pulling up the chart? And I'll try to go into this in a little bit more depth. Um, I love that we are having this as a conversation. But let's take a look at this chart, and I will I will show you some more details. So here we're looking at that chart, July 13th, 2022, 2.37 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Um, you can see a couple more just little things about this one. Uh, we've got the sun conjoint or co-present with Mercury, about to make its uh, superior conjunction, which is also called a Kazemi. So it's the direct conjunction of the sun and Mercury. That's going to happen at 24 degrees of Cancer. So we, we are right now going to Olympus and trying to bring back some kind of uh, ideal like Hermes is, is going off to the land of the gods and trying to bring down a message and saying, hey, what do you really believe in? And how can you manifest that in your physical reality right now? So that's part of this lunation. We also have the moon making is applying uh, to a conjunction with Pluto. So this third decan of Capricorn, I also like to think of it as, uh, it is of course a solar decan, so it's ruled by the sun. Uh, but it's sort of about an awareness of our responsibilities, an awareness of things that we're bound to physically, an awareness of our resources. Um, and with the moon making contact with Pluto, we may start getting an awareness of how our systems are corrupted. And we've been getting a huge faceful of that in America in the last two weeks of how our system just isn't really serving the population anymore, the, 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 the majority, I guess you would say. Uh, the, the majority of people that are voting, like we have all these polls that are saying that 70 to 80% of these people are not supporting the actions that the, the Supreme Court is taking over the last few weeks. So we have a, a, a minority rule right now when it comes to our, our government. So that is exposing how the system isn't really serving the people. So that might be something that comes to a head. Uh, this could also be true for the systems that you have in your own life, which which support systems are supporting you and serving your interests and which ones are just no longer functional uh when you have changes in your life like when you have like in my case i have a, a child that's aging out into adulthood and trying to start their own life 
the systems that you had in place are, are, are at one point were functional and at one point were um, necessary. And then eventually the right answer becomes the wrong answer. And, and I think Pluto is uniquely equipped to show us when the once right answer becomes the wrong one. Or when if we've repressed something that what was the, the the wrong answer and we just buried it and pretended like something was okay pluto is going to erupt it like a volcano and say this is not okay we've been pushing this aside for too long it's time for you to deal with it and it may feel violent it may feel uh completely disorientating it may feel like your entire system is dissolving like that caterpillar but eventually the promise hopefully is a new structure that is more reflective of the needs that we have now. This is something that I get really frustrated with, with America in particular, is we have all these folks that want to be what they call originalists, which interpret the Constitution based on how the founding fathers like, like interpreted it, which I think is just real talk. I think that's ridiculous because this is more than 200 years ago, and we have different needs now. We have different needs that need to be responded to. And how can we uh, you know, maybe take the same spirit that some of these things were founded on, hopefully without the, the slavery and the, the white supremacy, and how do we move forward into, and respond to the needs of the people now? And I, I encourage all of you to think about that, not only in regards to our country and the macrocosm, but the microcosm. Which uh, structures in your life do you need to create or which ones more importantly at the full moon which ones do you need to release so that you can have a a support system that is actually reflective of your current needs not based on some mythological past some idealistic past that is going to lead to corruption if you keep holding on to it Um, I, i can't stress that enough we're going to see throughout the course of this lunar cycle both Mercury and the Sun making an opposition to Pluto as well. I, I, I keep remembering a few years ago when you know we had some uh, more of this corruption erupting um, during the end of the, the, the Trump years, and we had the Portland uh, conflicts that were going on where people were trying to you know, protest the, the, the police brutality in that, in that city. And we had literally people were being abducted off of the streets. And uh, this is a repeat of that aspect. Now, this aspect happens once every year. So that doesn't mean that we'll necessarily see the exact same manifestation of that. But I point that out because in, in myth, Pluto or Hades, you know, has a tendency to erupt from the underworld. And one of his, the themes of Pluto is abduction. <laughs> so, you know, we, we saw it play out literally in that case. And, I, and I, I'm curious as to how it plays out in our case as well. Um, but I think that those themes of transformation, those th- themes of recognizing sy- systemic forces, Capricorn 3, that aren't supporting us anymore is important. And just by being honest about where we're at, that starts the healing process. That starts the process of change. Uh, going back to our Canadian friends, Canada is not this mythical wonderland that a lot of americans think it is it's a beautiful country the the people there are super nice from who i've met but they have their own plutonic dark side too 
They have their own challenges, especially with indigenous populations and with re-education schools and things of that. But the difference between Canada and America right now is that Canada, it seems to me, is acknowledging that abuse. And America continues to refuse to acknowledge that abuse and wants to sweep it under the rug. And we, we will never be able to heal from those types of challenges in the past if we don't recognize them, acknowledge them, talk about them, and heal them. So I applaud my, my Canadian neighbors for going through the tough, tough challenge of reconciling our history. And I hope that as Americans, we can do the same. We can take that as an example for that and try to live up to the ideals that we've been swallowing for, you know, since we were young. If you're 42, like me, like that you've been taught about how this country is, uh, you know, free for everyone, that it, it, its ideals are equality and that all people are created equal. And how do we live up to those ideals? So not very well right now, but we can if we, if we put our, our minds and our heads together. I, I do believe that we can do it. It's just going to take a dissolving like the caterpillar into the butterfly. I'm checking in on the chat here. Uh, I'll step off my soapbox for a minute. I'm just feeling really, really emotional about all the things that are going on recently. And I feel mm, in my Cancerian way, I've, I've tended on this channel to avoid conflict and saying things that are too controversial. And I think that the time for that is past. Um, if you've all been paying attention on this channel, you have a pretty good idea of where I stand politically. And I, I'm going to be a little bit more vocal about it because I think it's really important right now. I think the very fabric of our democracy and the fairness, and, and there's a lot of vulnerable populations that if we don't start speaking up and get louder and louder about this stuff, we're all in a lot of trouble. And I, I'm going to start ringing the, the alarm bells louder on this channel because especially when it comes to the environment, uh, we're in a lot of trouble and we need to we need to get it together and start taking some action and demanding that the people that control the top 100 corporations that are creating 90% of the pollution take climate change action, or we're going to have a really difficult time moving forward. Um, I love nature. I, I love, you know, animals. I love this land. I'd love people on, on some level, but I want to be able to work with these systems and work with the natural ecosystems instead of thinking that we have to dominate it and exploit it and all of those things I, I just makes me so sad i come from a family of environmentalists and it's uh, it just breaks my heart to see where we're at with all of that and i hope that that we can just kind of wake up from the the slumber that we've had in regards to that before it's it's really too late um, Beth is saying that we've got so many castle rocks here. Apparently it's not just a Stephen King thing. Beth has one in central Wisconsin as well. Uh, Raven says, uh, thank you. This is on the, the ninth. Oh, your birthday is on the ninth, but the solar return chart for me is tomorrow. I get the fall of moon. Oh, Raven, you missed the spike of moon just by one day. I'm sorry. You know, we all have those types of solar returns though. I had a, a, a moon last solar return in the 12th house of the solar return. And it was a tough year. And uh, hopefully this is the start of a better year. <laughs> like, But you'll get through it, Raven. And if, if you need some support, um, we're here for you. 
Castle Rock says this lunation is close enough to Pluto to be a little frightening is uncomfortably close to the second of three exact Pluto return transits this year. Yeah, so so that's a great point is that we're not just going to see one hit uh, to the United States Pluto at 27 degrees of of Capricorn in the in the Sibley chart of America that I believe that's the July 4th 1776 Sag rising chart. We're going to, because Pluto is retrograding and then we'll again go direct, we're going to have another hit, uh, a couple more towards the end of the year. So um, this is this is the dark before the dawn, I think. Uh, and we're also coming up on Uranus moving into Gemini, which is triggers a lot of things in the United States uh, Sibley chart as well. So yeah, and I'll, I'll talk about that more later but let's let's stay focused on this this lunation here as much as we can uh neelam is here hello friend nice to see you uh, so i think we've broken down that we've got the mercury kazemi happening shortly after this lunation we have the, the moon applying to pluto exposing some of the corruption in our systems asking us to move forward in in a transformative way potentially shoving in our face the way that things aren't working but of course, with the, the motivation for change, uh, we have Mars newly ingressed into Taurus, a, a place of its exile. So Mars is on a beeline right now for Uranus and the North Node. That will happen in the beginning of August. That is a pretty intense aspect. Um, I've got my eye on that one. Uh, that is a routine disruptor. That is a, 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 a resource and stability disruptor aspect so i think the other thing that i will stress here too is that it's important to be um conservative with your resources right now uh it's important to to not go towards luxurious spending that is one of the the themes of cancer three is scarcity versus luxury like you you've created this abundance now what do you do with it you may be tempted with the sun in this place because like think about it the time of year in the northern hemisphere you know we've got all the produce is grown grown up you know there's beautiful flowers there's all sorts of vegetables and fruits you've got everything you could possibly ask for from nature at this point um but but we have this moon that is reflective of the energy of the dead of winter where we have to come to terms with limitations and lack so i i think the proper response to this full moon is you know be grateful for our abundance, share our abundance with others, but also be be a, a little bit conservative with our resources. This this isn't the time to like go on a intercontinental cruise or whatever. This is a time to like, you know, buckle down a little bit. Enjoy what you have, but at the same time, there may be the rainy the rainy day that you're saving for may be coming soon. And we have global inflation that's happening. We have the potential for more uh, climate change induced natural disasters that could change things. We have civil unrest. Uh, we're still dealing with the fallout from from COVID and things of that nature. Uh, so I think once you, when you have all of those factors uh, coming together, I think it's important to kind of tighten the belt just a little bit, if that makes sense, without hoarding, right? That's the key. Balance is the key. We're talking about balance today with the moon in Libra. So that's what's going on with Mars. Uh, let's let's break down one other aspect of this just a little bit. You can see that um, the moon is going to be hosted 
by Saturn. Okay, it's in aversion to its host, which means that it's not able to witness it. But there is this little uh, Hellenistic doctrine called lichen girding, which means when a planet is in the same sign as the other planet that it's is its ruling host, there is like this secret line of communication. So in that regard, the moon does have some kind of access to those Saturnian resources. And we have a, a, a trine that's happening between Venus and Saturn on this day as well. So again, we go back to Saturn and talking about the need for reevaluating the ideals that create the structures of our society. I th Saturn and Aquarius in particular says, what are the, uh, the, the narratives that help craft the laws that we live by? Not necessarily the physical structures, but the narratives. And we have a unique opportunity to release some of the old narratives with Saturn and Aquarius. And Venus is going to try to help. Venus is in the third decan of Gemini that says, you have options right now, but you can't pursue all of them. One of the options needs to be sacrificed, like one of the twins, Castor, was, was was, was, he died, and then Pollux sacrificed part of his immortality to allow Castor to live again. So Venus is saying, hey, if you want to create abundance in your life, one of your options needs to be let go of for now. And you need to breathe life into something that's important to you. And, and there, there may be a sacrifice that needs to take place. So sober discussions in our relationships of saying, you know what, we, maybe we can't have every single, this is, a, this is a, a ridiculous example, but in our house, we have all these like streams of like entertainment streams, right? Netflix, Hulu, all this stuff. And that's one of the, the conversations in our house. Do we really need all these? Are we really going to watch this much TV? Uh, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> so some of it has to go. So, so maybe there's, there's choices that you make in your life where you, you get real about what you really need, what is, what is an actual need versus what is a, a, a luxurious want. And then you get real about it and you say, this has to go. So it's about clearing out some of the clutter in your life. And I think that we'll see that, especially with the, the combination, the help that we're getting. Uh, Venus is helping the, the, the host of the moon, Saturn, to, to do this uh, by, by understanding all of the ramifications of each direction. Now, the host of the sun is, is actually the moon in this case. So this is a difficult placement for the moon. This is a moon that's in its exile. So we may be feeling uncomfortable in our bodies. We may be feeling uncomfortable with the way that we're governing our bodies right now as well. We may be feeling uh, like we, we can't take care of ourselves the way that we need to or want to. Um, we may feel the weight of the responsibility of care and nurturing and things of that. Like, I, again, I, I stress that this third decade of Capricorn is really about the responsibility and, and taking on that mantle. And, and one thing that I learned through my study of mountain lions, which is one of my animal spirits, I guess you'd call it, symbols that I really resonate with, especially being a Leo rising and North node, is I have this book, it was it's called Medicine Cards. It was the first deck that I ever had. I really enjoy their interpretations. Um, it talked about responsibility merely being the ability to respond. 
And I love that. It, it's, it's, it's saying, okay, it's being real about what is before you and how can you adjust to respond to the challenges that you see. And, and that's really what, what benevolent authority does. It responds to the needs of the, of the people that it leads. And I think that we have an opportunity to do that at this full moon as well. Okay, Scarlet is here. Hello, Scarlet. Thank you for the birthday wishes. My birthday is also on the 9th, and Saturn is conjunct my natal sun, so I'm still trying to get used to crazy times. Yeah. Uh, well, Scarlet, happy birthday. I'm glad you're joining us here today. I hope you're having a better week than with them. the last time. I know that you were struggling a little bit as well, and I hope that we, we brought some light into your life as well. I'm so happy that you're with us here today. Us, us Cancerians are getting <laughs> getting hit right in the feels lately. Um, it's tough. That, that, that opposition to, to Pluto is no joke. Um, so I'm glad that you're here, my friend. Uh, Raven says, yes, last year my son was in the 12th and Venus was enclosed by the malefics. Me too, Raven. I had that Venus enclosure, uh, malefic enclosure in my chart. I, I was looking through my solar returns for last year and this year, and I was like, wow, that Venus malefic enclosure was, it was fucking rough. <laughs> that part of my life, it was, it was really rough. Um, you know, Venus in my chart represents uh, my 10th house and the mother. Uh, and my mother passed during the, with Venus and the malefic enclosure in my solar return. So it's, uh, it's a lot, isn't it? It's, I'm glad that that's, we're, we're getting out of that time, but something to keep an eye on in, in, in your charts moving forward is a malefic enclosure is basically when Saturn and Mars are making either a bodily conjunction on either side of a planet or casting a ray on either side of a planet without another planet's ray breaking it up. Okay. So like, here's just a, a quick example of this. Let's say that we had Mars at 20 uh, well, let's make it a square at 23 degrees of Pisces, making a square to Venus. And then we had Saturn making, if it was at 20, uh, I don't know, eight degrees of Capricorn, and it was on the other side of Venus, that would be a malefic enclosure. Okay, so that's, it's casting a ray that would enclose this planet to make it feel like it's just it's stuck between a rock and a hard place like here and here. Does that make sense? And, and it's something I'm really noticing. Um, you know, you can have benefic enclosures too. This is one of the reasons why like Donald Trump's chart is, is so maddening sometimes. Is he, one of his worst planets, I believe, has a, a, a benefic enclosure. So a lot of the worst things that he, the, the horrible things that he does, he sometimes gets away with it because he, he has all these like benefic planets like helping. <laughs> like, I believe his natal Saturn is in a benefic enclosure. Uh, but he's not going to escape, I, I guess, karma, I guess I will say, I hope. Um, but anyway, um, so yes, Raven, we, we get a new a reset with Venus not in malefic enclosure this year. Uh, Nalim says, sir, say about uh, Shravan Nakshatra. Um, you know, Neelam? I am not as uh, well-versed on the nakshatra uh, system, the, the lunar mansions. That's something that I hope to study in the future because I, th I think that there's a lot of truth that we can, um, we can glean from that. But 
uh, I'm a, a Western Hellenistic astrologer, and I think that I would like to be able to engage with Jyotisha and, and Eastern astrology uh, in the future, but it's something that I haven't quite uh, put into my toolbox yet. So I, I, I can't really speak to that with any authority. So I'm sorry about that. Um, but, but if you have any thoughts about that, I'd be, I'd be curious to see it in the chat box. So um, one day I have Freedom Cole's books, uh, The Science of Light. I just, I just have so many books that they, they're on the list. <laughs> I think there's a, a, a natural transition where you, a lot of people go from modern astrology to like, you know, uh, traditional astrology. Then some people start studying Hellenistic and then there's a natural transition to Jyotisha and the the Eastern um, astrology, the Indian astrology as well, uh, because those systems are so very related, I think on some level, um, because it feels to me like Indian astrology or Jyotisha, Vedic astrology, whatever whatever uh, you want to call it, um, it, it, it's similar to Hellenistic astrology, but there is a, a somewhat unbroken lineage with it for the last 2000 years. So it has some similar elements, but a lot of it is very different too. So. Uh, Hopefully we'll get to study that soon, but I appreciate you being here and I'd love to hear your thoughts on those nakshatras. Uh, Henry is here from Kentucky. Oh boy, uh, Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky is a fun place right now in America. I hope you're doing okay, Henry. Thank you for the birthday wishes and I'm always glad to see you here in the chats. Uh, Scarlett says, thank you so much. I'm doing my best about that. All I can do. Thank you for the support. It's been made a big difference. Well, thank you, Scarlett, and I'm glad that we can be a uh, a castle rock for you, you know, here today. And Castle Rock says, Cancer Caplanations are rough in my chart. Um, so we've got, yeah, we've got all sorts of people that are dealing with these challenges here. Mm, Big Stuff says, you're too young to lose your mother. I'm sorry, it's a huge thing to experience. I am too young to lose my mother. I don't know if you're ever uh, old enough to lose your mom, but uh, my mom was only 62. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty, pretty traumatic. She had a really difficult time the last few years. She had a, uh, she had breast cancer and then had surgery to take care of that. And shortly after her breast cancer surgery, she had a blood clot that went into her, into her brain and she had a, an aneurysm and a massive stroke. And she was quite disabled for a few years and, and the, the aftermath of that. Um, and you know, COVID really exacerbated the level of care that she was able to get after that as well. Um, it just her condition deteriorated and that was that so uh really difficult experience but uh i know she's watching watching out somewhere i get little signs from her every once in a while so um yeah she she loves cindy lopper so i whenever a cindy lopper song comes on i it's my mom like winking winking to me from from the great beyond so i always appreciate that um let's see yeah, Rachel says the toolbox can only fit so many tools at one time. That's for sure. And and you all know me. I try to to, to uh, incorporate many different systems and try to find truth in that. But uh, you know, Jyotisha is such a it, it's a very complex system that I would love to give it my full attention rather than just do a, a cursory uh, glance at it. And I want to create and space and time for that to be able to give it the the full treatment that it deserves. And I feel like there's still some things with Hellenistic astrology that I, I really am trying to understand before I completely shift um, the attunement, excuse me, the, the attunement of my brain to, to another one. All right. 
Um, so back to the, the full moon here. Uh, one other thing to, to consider that we've been experiencing over this course of this lunation is that we started off the new moon in Cancer that was square to Jupiter in Aries 1. And we had the, the new moon in Cancer 1, which was about how do we find nurturing? How, what, what supports us? It was, you know, Austin Cobbett calls that deck in Mother and Child. Uh, Aries 1 is like the axe, you know, it's like the fight for independence. And I thought it was just really interesting to see all the, the, the reproductive rights issues play out um, from that lunation. We might see more things coming to a head with this, uh, this full moon in regards to that specifically, um, because we saw a lot of that, um, those seeds planted at that new moon. And the, the, the challenge of saying, what is, how can we be independent about how we choose to mother or nurture and support? And Jupiter is, is bringing that conflict to, to a head. And, and, deal, and Jupiter generally, or Zeus, generally was, it deals with law as well. So we saw a, a law being passed that, that created conflict when it came to the nurturing instinct. All right. So that's the, the, the other thing I wanted to point out about this full moon is the moon is going to be out of bounds as well. I've been trying to focus on this a little bit more. Remember, the, uh, today, as I record this, Mercury is out of bounds. <laughs> so for the next few days, Mercury is going to be outside the path of the, of the solar journey. So it's sort of a maverick. It's sort of a free agent. It is, is not under the, the regime of the solar king anymore. And the moon, when it goes out of bounds, is sometimes can tend to take our emotions to extremes. So I think it's really important at this full moon not to let your your disappointment in the system or the the whatever systems in your life that may show some corruption we still have to respond in a way that is centered uh, this is something that sam and i were talking about sam bellier and i were talking about the new moon live stream is the challenges that we're faced with have been in process for many decades if we try to uh, overturn all of those challenges in one, you know, volcanic eruption of resistance, we're going to burn ourselves out and we're going to lose steam. Uh, the type of, of reaction that is necessary to this is a sustained one over time. So I think it's important, especially at this full moon, to figure out when the moon's out of bounds is how can you... Um, divvy out your your bodily energy your impetus in a way that is reflective of the endurance test that we're going to be faced with in in america in particular and i don't know if i mentioned it at the top of the show but i'm really concerned about voting rights right now there's there's things in place where if we don't get out and vote and if we don't protect voting rights and put pressure on our leadership to protect voting rights we may not have free, free or fair elections, and there's debate on how fair they are already because of this thing called uh, gerrymandering. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that term, that's basically when lawmakers can redraw voting districts that will reflect who they want to get elected. And we have extreme gerrymandering in this country that is basically redrawing districts so that only certain parties will win and disenfranchises voters mostly voters of, of color. And that's a, a big problem. 
And if they're allowed to continue to do that without the checks and balances, um, they could redraw districts so that they never lose again. And that's that's not a democracy. That's a that's a uh, authoritarian dictatorship. So I, I, th I think it's very important to understand that, that that is happening right now and to to put pressure on the people, uh, the powers that be. But again, there's ways to do that that will sustain for the long term. And that's my point. How can you, you know, join up with your community? How can you have grassroots movements to do things of that nature that will will sustain over time that are needed to to fight this fight over the long term? Um, yeah, and out of bounds, we we could get super emotional. <laughs> like I, I just been really noticing when things are out of bounds. Like, if, for example, today, I normally when I express myself, uh, I, I try to um, take more of a middle ground, I guess, uh, for better or for worse. This is what, what we're trained to do as, uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but as, as white middle-class Americans in the Midwest, we're trained in like these centrist, don't rock the boat type of, uh, you know, communication styles. And it, 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 there's a point where it just doesn't work anymore. And you, you're seeing today, like my directness, a mercury out of bounds is saying, hey, I'm not willing to fall into line with that type of thinking anymore. Here's what I really think. <laughs> like, you know, like, take it or leave it, you know? And it, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, new, a new way of expressing, I think, that maybe you may see in your lives where you're expressing yourself, where you're not falling into line with what's expected of you during the next few days and with the moon as well. And the moon is saying, well, your emotions aren't beholden to that solar uh, rulership anymore during this full moon and for better or for worse. So I would encourage you over the next few days to be conscious of your communication you can communicate outside the box. That is necessary. These planets wouldn't go out of bounds if it wasn't part of a grand design. Okay, so there are times when when a planet or a malefic is in exile. There's a reason. There, when a planet is like the moon is in a, not a place that it is comfortable in, there's a reason for it. I I truly believe that. Sometimes we need to be uncomfortable. Sometimes we need to get out of the comfort zone and we need to examine things from a alternative perspective. So I think that those are the uh, opportunities present when we have out of bounds planets is, is being able to look at something without the uh, feeling like we have to fall in line with the, the mass consciousness. So take that opportunity with your emotions, with your body, with the systems that support your body and say, well, this is what I normally do. Here's my opportunity to do something completely different. Um, but, but you can take that to extremes as well. So again, be conscious of that. Um, mortal and wild is here. Hello, Carol. Happy solar return. Spencer just tuning in. Well, welcome friend. Nice to see you. Uh, welcome from across the pond. Um, I've been chatting with my European English friends, uh, about, <laughs> about the chaos in their government as well. It's not just happening in America. I, as of this recording, Boris Johnson stepped down, and I was trying to ask my friend D, is, is that a good thing? He's kind of a twat, right? <laughs> like, and we had this discussion sort of about, well, yeah, he is, but there's other monsters uh, 
waiting in the wings to step up. And that worries me. And I, I, I feel the same way about um, politicians in America, too. We, we are able to vote out one of our, our tyrants, but there's other people that make me nervous that they may not be as sloppy, but still be as evil. And I think we have to be on our guard for those types of things as well. Because um, it gets real dangerous when you have someone who's, you know, both trying to control everyone and also is a little bit more skilled at uh, covering their tracks. Oh, it's fun times, isn't it? You're just getting my unfiltered opinions today. But sometimes you just got to be real about it and whatever may come, may come. Uh, Castle Rock says Mercury won't emerge out of the beams until July 31st. Very good point. Maybe by then we'll have a clear view of what's going on. Absolutely. So what I'd like to do after we've kind of broken down this lunation in depth, which I think we have at this point, is I'm gonna, I wanna just take you through some of the, the transits that can get us to the next new moon. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. You can see a full deep dive on that in my astrology of July. So uh, you can check that out for, for that deep dive, but I wanna touch on some of those things. Um, Space Tiger says, this Mercury is transiting my 12th house. I'm really conscious and direct about topics of fear of commitments, safety, and safe space and emotions. Yeah, me too. I mean, we have the same rising sign, Space Tiger. So I, I'm being very honest about my fears uh, right now of the the collective and the masses and the consciousness. And um, it's a vulnerable place to be, isn't it? But I think that that's that's how we stay in our integrity is is through that honesty and through that vulnerability. Um, Space Tigers is really helping me to communicate what I truly feel. Super helpful and weird feeling being supported by this out-of-bounds Mercury in Cancer. Absolutely. Yeah, being able to, to verbalize what we need to feel safe. I'll, oftentimes, as Leo Risings in particular, we like to present the best of ourself. I think this is a Leo thing. And tell me if this is right for any of you other Leo-type placements out there. Sometimes if we can't put our best face forward, we just hide. <laughs> you know, like, uh, this is the thing I think I'm nervous about. People have been making fun of me because I've been using the same profile picture for a long time. It's, I don't really like getting my picture taken anymore. I'm not really super thrilled to see all the lines on my face. And sometimes when I don't feel my best, I just don't want to be seen. So I, I think that uh, this, these aspects are helping us get through some of that and be honest about how we feel what we're dealing with, uh, and knowing that we're still going to be loved, even if we express it, maybe either a contrary opinion or something that's maybe a little spicier than we normally would. Uh, it's just learning how to, again, integrity is the key. How can you be the same person externally as you are internally? I've had to go through this process very, uh, I would say, violently is the word that I've had, I would describe it as, of learning how to just be like, to, to set your boundaries and say, no, this is who I am. And if, if that works for you, okay. And uh, let's go, get on, get on board. And if it doesn't, that's not my problem, you know? And it's okay for you to have a different opinion. It's just, you allow me to be me and I'll allow you to be you. And if you don't wanna go where I'm going, that's okay. But, but try not to infringe on my ability to be myself while we're doing it. And that really, I think, is a, Kind of a golden rule to live by and i think that's what any uh well that's i think that's what anybody wants really but it's definitely a, a leo type of thing as well saying i'll be me you be you and we'll all celebrate how wonderful we are <laughs> like, 
um yeah looking at these <laughs> i've got some nice comments here big stuff 63 says remember twat rhymes with hat oh twat is that okay sorry twat sorry is that the british pronunciation twat <laughs> still enjoy watching boho getting a kicking yeah i will have to admit and steph are you from the uk because I, I i'm woefully ignorant about um british politics so i i apologize in advance for not having more understanding of how your political system works and uh, i'm trying to like pay attention as much as i can um so i just i just know that for the most part boris johnson seemed to be the doppelganger of donald trump so i guess i'm happy he's not in there anymore but i i have really have no idea who is good and who isn't and and what would be good for the people um i just i know that there's a, a an extreme uh, authoritarian type of mindset where there's a lot of immigration um challenges around england over the last few years and there's been it's been really difficult for the people of color um black and brown people in that country as as much as it has been in america so i i hope for everyone's sake that people are feeling able to feel safe over there as well and that that the scourge of racism can be eliminated wherever wherever we live okay uh amy says that's interesting about mercury because that's when uranus mars north node conjunction will be um yeah so let's let's do this uh rachel says sorry i can't stay for the rest of the discussion party <laughs> what a party we're having <laughs> like this is a, a libra moon party where we're discussing politics and like and fairness right uh well thank you rachel for stopping by and for the well wishes and uh i always appreciate your comments on the section here um, so have a good one, and we'll see you the next time. Um, Prudence is here. Help, welcome, Prudence. Nice to see you. Um, um, Big St Steph says, I'm from the U.S., but have lived 11 years in Scotland. Okay, interesting. Um, They're stuck with the conservative for now. conservatives for now. I'm a supporter of Scottish independence. Okay, well, that's very interesting. I don't know much, like I said, I don't know much about the interpersonal dynamics to speak with any type of authority about any of the the political systems over there or, or Scottish independence, I, I do support freedom and equality. And uh, I support people being supported in the way that will be fair. So <laughs> however that plays out for all of you over there, I am on your team. Um, but I, I will, I'm interested to learn more and I will be keeping an eye and trying to educate myself on what's going on over there because I do think we are all connected. And I think that a victory for democracy and fairness in one place is a victory for everyone. And I, and I hope that uh, we'll be able to fight for that here as well and inspire that type of thing uh, worldwide. Okay, so let's start moving through some of these things. I'm just looking through my notes here uh, as well. Uh, I think we've hit a lot of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, we've talked about the solar return of the United States, the melting of structure within the cocoon, um, what are we going to become next after uh, reckoning with the past? That's important. We have to reckon with our past first to, to really build something that doesn't repeat the mistakes of the past, because that's always a danger. If we, if, we, if we throw everything under the bus and under the carpet, if we bury our, our demons, if we bury our em embarrassments, if we bury our 
abuses and traumas, they will grow into something similar or worse. So shining those things to the light is important. And as I talked about earlier, Canada is doing a better job of that than the United States. Although I don't live in Canada all the time, so I don't know all the ins and outs of that. I've just seen more of that uh, reconciliation starting and reckoning starting to happen there than it has here. Um, okay. So let's, let's move through this a little bit. One of the things that I wanted to point out about, um, and, and let's, let me, this is a good point to say uh, some of the things that I normally say. Uh, if you are enjoying the work that we're doing here today, please uh, leave me a comment in the, in, the, in the chat. If you're watching after the fact, I always love hearing from you after the fact as well. And I try to respond to as many as I can get to. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, sign up on the email list if you want to know when i'm doing more of these uh you know make a donation through the buy me a coffee link in the description of this video if you'd like uh donate through super chats and super stickers it's always appreciated you all are so very generous and i appreciate all of you okay so let's keep on moving all right so one of the things that i look at first is what happens when we have the moon move outside of what is called the bond. So th what that means is when the moon escapes 15 degrees of orb from either side of the sun's ray in, in the case of the full moon, in the case of the new moon on either side of the conjunction. So here, we see this, the moon at about six degrees of Aquarius making a square with Mars. And this is roughly about 15 degrees. It's, I, th I think it's close enough that I'm, I think that the square with Mars, somebody could argue with me that the, the sextile with Jupiter is more important here, but I think it's close enough that I'm gonna say that the square with Mars may be coloring this lunation. So what, what does that mean? That means that we're gonna start to see like what was happening while the moon was under the bond or behind the scenes is gonna have some kind of fruition. So here we have the moon in the first decan of Aquarius, which is related to the five of swords and a conflict and a defeat. And then the Mars in the first decan of, of Taurus is really, you know, it's that kind of energy where we, it's the five of pentacles energy where we have a fear of not having enough. And really the response to in that decan that is productive is, well, if you're afraid of scarcity, make a plan, you know, tighten the belt, uh, make sure that you are putting things in place that will help you sustain you through the winter. Um, you know, make sure that you're planting the seeds. So there may be some conflict that we see coming to the fruition. And remember, this this lunation is, is matching up almost almost exactly with United States Pluto return on the 11th, uh, where we're seeing a conflict, a defeat, and that leads us to some feelings of scarcity, okay? And how are we going to plan for a future where we may have to get by with less? And I know that that's not the American way, but it needs to be, <laughs> because we all, need to, we all need to either get by with less or fight for equality and redistribution of resources so that you know the less quote unquote isn't like just 
everybody living in poverty while a very select few are hoarding wealth and resources, which is, you know, this is something I've been thinking about a lot. All of the Supreme Court stuff, and I don't, I 100% don't mean to minimize any of that. It's all important. It's all horrifying. But all of these talking points that conservatives in America are talking about are all this smoke and mirrors to distract from the fact that there's been a giant wealth grab by oligarchy and elites uh, over the course of the last few years. It's a consolidation of wealth. And, and really, I got news for you. Those politicians, a lot of them that, that stripped like Roe v. Wade, don't really give a damn about that type of legislation. They just wanted to get to touch on an emotional nerve so that they could be elected and then put things in place to deregulate corporations so that they and their friends could get richer. And that's, that's a problem. And that's really, that's the biggest dark side that we're having with America is this consolidation of wealth to very, very few. And that this is part of the problem that we had in Russia that we're seeing play out with uh, their challenges. We have a very, very few people that control the wealth there. And while the rest of the people, the innocents are, are left to fend for themselves. And that's going to be one of the biggest challenges that we face moving forward as a collective, as well as how can we realistically and reasonably redistribute resources so that it's not just this like weird spire or pyramid of wealth that's been consolidated at the top. So I'm open to ideas. I don't have all the answers on how to do that, uh, but I know it's a problem. And that's the first step to finding a solution. Okay. So that's, that's the moon escaping the bond at, at six degrees of Aquarius, roughly six or seven degrees here and making that square to Mars. And then, you know, then making a sextile to Jupiter, fighting for independence, fighting for bodily autonomy, fighting for uh, the ability to have a say uh, in our own lives without, you know, uh, authoritarian regimes trying to control things that they shouldn't control while also having support systems in place to actually regulate the things that that do make lives better, um, like having clean water to drink and having fresh air to breathe. Um, because if you take all of those regulations away from corporations, that's when we set ourselves back to late 1800s, early 1900s, where you know the smog was so thick that you know you, you had really difficult health challenges around those periods of time. So I'm nervous about that. Yeah, yeah. Justice for all. Justice for all says wealth consolidation, disbanding unionized workers and private equity firms grabbing assets. Absolutely. There's one person that I wanted to turn you all on if you're not familiar. My, my partner listens to this person regularly, but I've just started paying more attention to the content that they put out. There's a woman named Heather Cox Richardson that I've really enjoyed listening to. She is a, a, a historian and a scholar from Boston College uh, who really is great at, at contextualizing American history and constitutional law and, and how we got to this point. And the reason I've been kind of getting a little bit more vocal about things is she usually is very balanced. She's a Libra sun, uh, I think Aquarius moon. She's usually very objective and, and balanced in all these things and tries to see both sides. And she, she's been sounding the alarm very loudly lately about our, our, uh, our freedoms and our, our voting rights being in severe jeopardy 
Um, so I, I, would, I would encourage you to check out her work because she, she explains these things way better than me and contextualizes them in, within historical context. Uh, it, it's very fascinating. It's a little scary, but it's fascinating and I really enjoy her work. So I wanted to give her a shout out here. Um, let's see. Yeah, Castle Rock, I'm trying to check out your comment here about the mirroring effects of the decans of Cancer and Aquarius. Mm -hmm. I'll have to meditate on that a little bit. Yeah, Lynn saying Heather Cox Richardson got her through the last administration. Yeah, she she is a, a really great, she, she she's very calm, she's peaceful, she helps you to find actionable things that you can do rather than just like getting you scared. And it's 100% not my intention to scare people on the show today. I'm trying my best to find what those solutions are. But I do think by acknowledging the reality and the sober reality of what we're going through, that starts the conversations. I, mostly, I want to start a conversation with all of you so that we can discuss these things so that we together can come up with solutions and support one another through these very difficult times. Um, Oh, yeah, it's Castle Rock saying the, the mirroring between Cancer and Aquarius could be understood through the lens of tribalism. Yeah, that's one problem that we have in America, specifically being a Cancer son. Uh, that is one of the dark sides of Cancer in general. That archetype is because we're so protective of what we consider our kin, uh, we can see what is the other as dangerous. And that's that's partly what I think that's partly what's at the heart of all a lot of the problems that we have in America today, um, some of them from racism, some of them from you know being anti-immigration, just seeing the other as evil. Now, I, I will say by listening to Heather Cox Richardson, she has pointed out various times that wealthy white slave owners, you know, put the finger on uh, poor white Americans and tried to demonize you know black Americans. Uh, to, to be able to consolidate their own wealth. So the, the wealthy people are trying to pit us against each other <laughs> so that they can just be like, nothing to see over here. Let's, let's steal some more wealth. <laughs> so, and, this, and the American governmental system has been set up to support that for centuries. So that's what needs to change. That's what we need to realize that, that uh, we're not fighting each other. We're, we're, we're kind of trying to rebel against a system of like, a very few amount of people that are, are trying to scare us into hating each other. Right? It's just so sad to me. It's so heartbreaking. It and it doesn't have to be that way. And I hope people can can wake up and see what the reality of that of that game is, um, because it's a really insidious one. And they 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 put the finger on emotional issues like abortion, like Roe versus Wade, to try to manipulate people into to voting for them. Um, and I think it's really sad. I think it's a, a really, it's really corrupt. Um, Justice for All says, Gerald Calente trends research is awesome. Ger Sorry, I'm trying to, uh, Gerald 
Salente Trends research is awesome as well for a realistic and historical analysis. Okay, good. I will check that. Thank you for that recommendation. I'm always looking to, to learn more. I love, I actually do love studying history because I think that it's really important to know where we've been so we can understand where we're going and understand the context of how we've gotten here. Because once we have that objectivity, it's much easier to see how the game is played and then change the rules. Um, I follow Heather on Twitter and can't recommend her enough. Uh, Illis J says Cancer and Aquarius quincux relationship. Yeah, they 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 are they're not witnessing one another, so they have this kind of aversion to one another. It's difficult for them to to relate on some level. Oh, in conjunct, yeah. As a Hellenistic astrologer, I don't use quincuxes and in conjuncts, but but it, the Hellenistic doctrine that's similar to that is called aversion. Um, and, and what I will say is that the type of aversion there's two types of aversion as well the one on either side of a conjunction is said to be of the nature of mercury and this is because of the relationship to it in the thema mundi of the sun and mercury but then the on the other side of the opposition that aversion is said to be of the nature of saturn so think about this this is how i've heard robert schmidt describe it so this is like lunch and learn so here's our little uh lesson for the day right uh Think about the natal chart as a courtroom, right? Witness and testimony. These planets communicating with one another are bearing witness and giving testimony on the fate of a country, of a nation, of an event, of anything. And when they are in aversion with one another, they're having difficulty giving that testimony. And think about the aversion with Mercury on either side of a conjunction is like, there's all this red tape that you've got to go through. There's just this confusion there's too much confusion to actually, you know, get the case brought up and, and dealt with properly. The, the Saturnian aversion on the other side of the opposition is they're not even going to call your case. The, the, the case isn't even in the court. Like they're, it's just not even on the docket at all. Rather than having just this ambiguity, it's just not even, it's not even there. So there is this disconnect between Cancer and, and Aquarius where they're just, they're, they're, one is trying to be super objective is trying to be more, maybe more universal and idealistic, but but about the limitations involved in that. The other, cancer, is all about what is domestic, what is important to me, what is my kin, what is emotional, what is subjective. So the, the difference between their subjective and objective realities is very, very different. And, and it can create some, just not a, not a ton of common ground between them. Okay. Um, I hope that that was a that was an answer, a good answer for you. Um, if you do like the quincux and the um, the other types of minor aspects like that, I I, I do think that uh, Rick Levine is someone who really goes into depth in those from a modern astrological perspective. So that's someone to check out if you if you want to learn more about that. Um, okay, so we've seen the 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 loosing of or the the escape of the moon from the bond. So as we move forward, you can see on the 14th here, and I'll just go through these, like I said, quickly, because I've already gone through them in my monthly forecast. But we've got a, a square from Venus to Neptune, right, as the moon escapes the bond. So there may be some confusion in our relationships, the, the discussions that we have to have where we're coming to terms with uh, the illusions that we've had. A lot of the times, like, especially if you're having, like, a, like let's say you're having a budget conversation, you may be under the illusion that you have more money than you than you do if you haven't been paying close attention. And then when the bill comes due, then the bubble 
pops and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> we've been spending way too much on groceries or something. And then you have to have a sober conversation. So there may be something like that going on as the moon escapes the bond and we have to reconcile between what we wanted to happen and what the reality of it is. Okay. Uh, as we move forward here, again, I'm going super quickly through this. Uh, we've got on the 16th, the that's the conjunction between the sun and Mercury. That's actually the day of my Cancer Deccans webinar, so please join me for that. I specifically pushed it back a week to, to be on the Kazemi of Mercury, so I hope that it will uh, be a special a special day. Um, since it is the sign of my sun and my Mercury, I, I, I think I'll have some unique insights into living these archetypes. But this may be, you know, a, a renewal of ideas around how do we deal with excess? How do we deal with feelings of scarcity? How do we support ourselves and share the, the, the resources that we have? This um, is going to be opposing Pluto, though. And one right after another, Mercury and the Sun are going to start applying and opposing Pluto. So there may be some really difficult conversations about how we organize our life and how we create abundance, how we create nurturing. We might be feeling some intense dissatisfaction because we're in a process of saying, all right, what now? You know, now that we have all the cards on the table, what do we do? And sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to gather your wits and figure that out. And, and you don't have to have it all figured out in a day. That's, that's one thing that I think is really important to understand. We're not going to solve all these challenges, these systemic challenges, or, or in our own personal lives that have been festering for many, many decades, centuries, or whatnot. It's just going to take a sustained effort over time. And your endurance is what's important, not necessarily the, the force of your uh, challenges to it. It's, it's really about showing up every day. It's really about, okay, you understood it's a problem. Uh, don't make a meme and then just go, go about your daily life and be like, okay, I did my meme. <laughs> you know, like it's no, it's no. You register, you go register to vote. You keep having the conversation. You organize grassroots efforts, you keep talking about it, and you don't let it go back under the rug. That's the key. And I think that's really important because there's a lot of enthusiasm for this right now, and it's, it's important to sustain that over time. And that, that means uh, marshalling your energy in a way that is for the long haul rather than just burning yourself out. So that we may have questions coming up with that Mercury Kazemi as well. Okay. Um, so as we move through that, you're going to see the days after the Sun and Mercury are going to be making that opposition to Pluto. You can see one right after another doing that. Um, we're going to, that, that will bring us to that quarter moon. Okay, so here is the quarter moon. And I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get this up on the screen here exactly. So there is the square between the moon the, the uh, excuse me, the last quarter square, okay? Yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, Uranus is getting close to the node. Yeah, good point. It, we're, I'll show you something at the end of the month that's, whew, I, I'm, I'm pretty nervous about it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, when Uranus and the, no, the North Node and Mars all meet up at 18 degrees of Taurus, that's, um, that's spicy. Um, but we'll get through it. But, but let's talk about this last quarter square here quickly. So we've got the sun at 27 Cancer and the moon at 27 degrees Aries. And remember that that third decan of Aries is really about a charismatic expression 
to win someone over to your side. Now, when I've been talking about this last quarter square a little bit, I really think that when we have last quarters in general, we're releasing something, right? We're trying to increase at the first quarter, but here we're, it's like a change of heart. It's a change of mind, okay? It's, a, it's an existential crisis, right? And I think that this is maybe the point in the cycle where we're releasing the image that we're trying to project that might be pleasing to others, all right? Where we're saying, eh, for me to be myself, I'm just going to be myself. And, and you're going to have to either accept it or not accept it. And, and maybe if you take a different perspective on it, maybe we utilize our charisma to try to change minds and hearts. Now, look, at the, we have a big ass T-square here between the sun, Pluto, and the moon, though. Okay, So we're going to be pulled in a lot of different directions. We recognize that there's corruption in our, in our scaffoldings, in our systems, in our support systems. We're having an awareness of that sometimes when we have something that takes away from others, like sometimes giving rights to, to, you know, I don't know, corporations takes away from the population. Sometimes, you know, when we, when we try to uphold the vestiges of slavery and white supremacy, that takes away rights from people of color. <laughs> like, you know, when we're trying to support like quote unquote, uh, religious freedom, it takes away rights from women. Like it's, it's, uh, we have a hyper awareness of how giving to one takes away from the other. So these are, the, these are themes that we're going to see again at this T-square. Okay. So utilize your, your ability to communicate with sometimes I think mm, the word that, that they use a lot in like 36 faces is humor like they talk about a, a stand-up comedian trying to win over a hostile crowd right so maybe instead because that deccan is venus ruled so it may be important at this time to to get your point across instead of like firebranding and like denouncing everything maybe trying to inspire confidence in the reality that you want to see this is a very inspirational moon where it says this is what I believe in. Here's why you should come over to this point of view. And you do it through showing the advantages of the, your point of view, rather than constantly bemoaning the difficulties of the other point of view. I think that's going to be important moving forward is how can we express the advantages of an equal system? How can we express the advantages of preserving rights for people, for protecting the environment, for all of these things? Why is that a good thing? And why do we need to be serious about it? And when we can express that, that can get people on board. That can give people something to believe in. That can be the fire that, that catches with fuel. That's how we feed the, those, those grassroots movements is through showing, hey, it could, this is what it could be. Let's get on board, right? So that's our last quarter moon here. All right, so let's see what we've got moving forward thank you all for hanging out with me today and celebrating my birthday Woo! it's my birthday uh appreciate you all being here i just love that you're willing to spend your time with me here today and i love all the comments it's such a great chat such an intelligent community you all have such great ideas and are such caring and intelligent people 
And I, it, it does give me faith in humanity just to see even just this small group of uh, caring, smart, um, passionate people. It, it is really, it's a nice uh, change from, sometimes I get disappointed. I have the South Node in Aquarius, and sometimes I get like a, man, we're, we're falling into the idiocracy. Do you remember that movie with a Mike Judge movie where humanity just got stupider and stupider until there was just, it was just chaos. Uh, and, and some of it has come to pass, uh, but you know, there is, there is hope uh, by banding together in these, these, these discussion groups, right? <laughs> Big Steph says, what kind of cake are you having? <laughs> well, my partner is at a farmer's market today. She runs a farmer's market here in town and um, she's working today late. So I decided I wanted to spend my day uh, with all of you. So I'm having today, I'm having a salad. <laughs> this, is, this is my, my, my new rising solar return in Virgo says, I'm going to have a salad today. <laughs> I'll probably have the, the, the cake and all that over the weekend when my, my wonderful chef partner will probably spoil me over the coming days. But today it's a chicken salad <laughs> with a lot of vegetables and, and whatnot. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm just looking through the chat here and we'll, we'll, we'll close this thing out. Thank you for being here with me today. Um, yeah, Raven's pointing out in mutual application. <sighs> yeah, what are we looking at here? Oh, maybe with a retrograde Uranus and Mars. I think I'm a little bit behind on the chat, so I'm trying to figure out what that one's referring to. Oh, yeah, with the node uh, retrograding and Mars and Uranus applying to it. Yeah, that, it's going to be spicy times. I'll talk about that in a second. Justice for All says, I need my family to get on board and see things for what they are. That's the most uh, challenging thing of all, isn't it? When the people that we really care about have a difference of opinion, but um, do the best you can. I think that those, the, the interesting thing about that is try to find what connects you. Try to use your shared love and connection to be able to find reasons and common ground and how you can connect. Um, I've lost some relationships in my family because I was a little bit too aggressive with my uh, pointing out what was wrong. And I think that when I am able to, to give people a reason to come together, it's so much more powerful. And it doesn't mean that you have to like water it down. It's just more about like turning it to what you wish things would be and how do we create that together and asking that question how do we get here we know where we're at but how do we get to this place and if you can ask yourself that question and ask your family that question um there may be room wiggle room right uh let's see we've got so many good comments i'm trying to to pick them out here um we've got my yeah, we've got so many great comments. Nicole is here. Thank you for your birthday wishing wish wishes, Nicole. Um, Justice for all says, I really want to learn more. Live live good with different people and understand our true purpose in the universe. Humankind is meant to share love and kindness. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Big stuff says chocolate fondue later. I hope. Yeah, 
what kind of cake do I, I love chocolate. Um, when I was a kid, I used to love mint chocolate chip ice cream. Uh, so that was one of my favorites. Mm, I like, I like really dark chocolate. I like like lava cake and stuff like that. My partner's made me these like lava cakes before that were super good. So well, we'll see, we'll see what comes up. I, I don't do well with a ton of sugar lately. So I, I sometimes, I don't know if this is something that people get. <laughs> if I have too much sugar, my arm starts to go kind of numb. I, should I be worried about this? <laughs> um, there's some diabetic history in my family. So I need to just be a little careful with that, but uh, yeah. And thank you, Scarlett, for your super sticker. I so much appreciate you. And thank you, Dee, for being here with us today. I hope everything works out across the pond and, and hang in there, my friend, with everything that's going on. And uh, okay, so let's uh, move forward here. So as we move forward towards that new moon, we've got the sun moving into Leo. So just a shift, uh, we're releasing that opposition to Pluto. Okay, so that, that we're, that's going to ease a little bit of the tensions, although now the sun moves into a square with Mars and Uranus, okay, and in opposition to Saturn by whole sign. So we've, we've got this real fixed energy as we move towards the end of the month. Um, and that's going to bring us we've got the square happening between Mercury and Mars. So we may be feeling a little bit more fixed in our beliefs and in our, our systems at this point. Um, and then we get to that new moon on the 28th, right? Okay, so we've got that new moon. This is roughly the 28th of July. And that's the completion of this lunar cycle that we are experiencing. Whoops. Okay. And you know that one, we're going to see a bunch of things happening simultaneously here. And I want to just give you a heads up on this before we we wrap for the day. Um, on that new moon, we're going to have Jupiter turning direct, I'm sorry, Jupiter stationing retrograde in Aries, reviewing some of these independence uh, actions, um, reviewing laws potentially, um, a review of, of a lot of things. We've got Mercury also making a square to Uranus after having recently made a square to Mars. And Mercury is a, a place called the South Bending. So this is a, an important place for decisions in our lives, in our collective lives, where we're moving away from this Taurus energy of Venusian abundance and moving towards composting of uh, Mars and, and the house of Scorpio and maybe releasing some, some energy. So there is something, look at the Mercury ruled area of your chart and and the, the Leo area of your chart and say, this is probably a decision that is made towards composting old thoughts or beliefs, uh, old resources, and there may be a, a, a reduction before there is an increase that happens once again, okay? And then the last thing that we'll talk about because we, we, we touched on it briefly, is that as we get towards the end of this month here, okay? you're going to see this Mars Uranus North node thing start applying. See that? Here's August 1st where everything is stacked up. That one, I'm, that's spicy. Uh, that's a North node being increase, the second decan of Taurus being our routines, uh, 
uh, it's related to charitable um, giving. Uh, it's related to abundance, uh, the things that support us. And with Mars, Uranus, and the North Node, that, that, to me, that's like an earthquake. And maybe it's a literal earthquake. Maybe it's just an earthquake that shakes us out of our lethargy. Uh, it's a separation from some things that we normally would rely on for material support and pleasure and enjoyment. So just be very careful around that day. Um, you know, make sure that you're, you know, taking all your precautions and, and whatnot, because this is going to kind of lead us into this Mars Saturn square too, which is going to, one of the, the I Ching's I got for July was like shock. This then this might be one of the shocks at the end of the month that that gets us bogged down, right? And that gets us a little bit like stuck. So I think that a lot, what a lot of I've seen a lot of friends, and I've been feeling this too, is we have this energy of like, oh my God, uh, we there's this all this chaos. Now what do we do? It's like oh everything is going crazy. Um, you get that stuck feeling. And I think that the way you get out of it is, is you, you calm down, you recenter yourself, and then you start having discussions about what, what do we do next? What is the, how do we sustain movement forward? All right. If you get stuck in the lethargy and you get stuck in apathy and you get stuck in despair, then the dark forces have already won. <laughs> okay. That I, I'm going to, this is something I'm parroting from Heather Cox Richardson. You cannot let your, uh, the trauma, the pain, make you a deer in the headlights so that you get run over by the, the truck of authoritarianism. You're going to have to, you know, feel the, your pain, feel the suffering, acknowledge that it's there, and then get moving, and then get out of the way, and then help other people get out of the way, right? So I, I encourage you to collect yourself around these periods of time. And to, to not get stuck in that lethargy and that sadness and that despair because um, there are so many vulnerable people right now. Even if you yourself are not the most vulnerable, there's somebody out there that is in a position that could really, really suffer. There's people that are really suffering right now. I happen to live in a state that still has abortion rights, but there's states already that don't. And there's already a huge um collateral damage from that that's happening so it, it, this is why you fight for everyone's rights even if you still have them yourself because it could be only a matter of time before you know people come for your rights and and i and i say this on many levels okay so if you're in a position of privilege right now you use your voice to speak up and as a a white cisgendered hetero male it's time for us to speak up too and like in support of the people that don't have those rights. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, I don't know, you use your, your privilege to uplift others. Okay, it's important. Okay. Let's see here. All right. So, um, Castle Rock says, traveling back from a camping trip 14 hours away on the 28th, I've been disassociating from the astrology of the end of the month, won't allow myself to spiral on worst case scenario hypotheticals. That's important. I mean, it, we don't want our minds to go to that place. We, we need to stay centered. 
Um, we need to make sure that we are keeping our wits about us. And you have to take care of yourself. You do have to practice the self-care. So regardless of all the, the, the spotlights that I've been you know, pointing to today, uh, you, you have to have that turnaround. Uh, you have to be able to still function. We're, we still have responsibilities. We still have people we care about. We still have lives that we have to live and responsibilities that we have to live up to. So what I want to say to all of you is that you can do it. We are in this together. Uh, if you need help, ask for help. That's, that's a good thing too. Um, I think this is something that I'm seeing in the, the, the divination here that we have is we have an animal uh, of this month, of this lunation is the coral. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. Coral is, is like this, this underwater structure. It's just so beautiful because we've got cancer, the ocean, right? And we've got Capricorn, the, the Saturnian structure. So coral, according to Melissa Alvarez in this, this book I really love about animal, animal frequency, she calls it, represents solid structured foundation of su the support of life. So coral live in colonies. They support one another. They join together with others, creating su support system. So uh, be sure to nourish yourself and others, right? Like in the good Cancerian fashion, flow with the currents of your life. They, they, they are able to gain their nourishment through collecting things that come through the current, okay? Um, they live in the water, which represent in, in symbolically the emotional depths, maybe something hidden below the surface, okay? And, and bringing, having the right structure to express your emotions is important. If you're expressing your emotions in these chaotic ways, that's just exhausting yourself. But if you have the right containers to express these things, which, which for me, I think that means expressing like we did today, some of our discontent, but then also framing it in what is actionable? What is the next step? How do we sustain our energy moving forward to create the changes that we want to change? So that's kind of the structure that is built in with coral and, and supporting one another. Back to my duck story, right? We had a group of neighbors that banded together to help rescue these little ducks. And we, we wouldn't have been able to, to collect them all without everyone's help. There was like four of us out there just like, you know, trying to, to, to corral these little innocent creatures. And I think we're stronger together than we are on these isolated islands. So reach out in your local area, figure out what you can do with, with your neighbors, talk to your family, talk to your friends. I've been talking to my parents, my, my dad's, well, my dad, my dad's tired of hearing from me and, and my other uh, <laughs> Cox Richardson alarm bells, but I have to say it in a way that is uh, hope, uh, where I can engender hope and I can say, hey, this is, this is why this is important, this is why we shouldn't put our head under the sand and ignore this. And you have to be strong enough and have the courage to, to, to do that, especially with the people that we care about, because hopefully, and this isn't always true, I found that this isn't true, but hopefully there's enough love between you and those people that you care about that some differences of opinion can, can be overcome, right? And what you do share with one another can, can help you find that common ground, okay? But just having the conversation. Sometimes people just are, are, a lot of the times they're so busy, they're so overwhelmed with their responsibilities that they just aren't even aware that some of these things are going on.
So that brings us to the hexagram number 19. And I, I thank you all so much for, for being here with me today. You, you all are awesome. Um, so let's, let's put a bow on this here. I got hexagram number 19, which, which translates to overseeing, approach, oversight, cooperation. They compare this hexagram to like the growth of spring that is temporary. And they also talk about this, this, uh, this enthusiasm, this energy uh, that, that is joining together with others, like we're talking about. But then they talk about the, in the eighth month that there is some kind of misfortune. Well, we're coming up on some difficult astrology in August and maybe into September here. So we have to take advantage of the time that we have now to be able to do what we can do and recognize that that enthusiasm is, may not always last forever. And we have to take advantage of that while we still can, while also keeping the long game in mind. I got one changing line, and it was the top line. It said, magnanimous overseeing, good fortune, no blame. So they talk about this as being the position of the sage. And the sage in, in uh, the I Ching is sort of like the, the, your higher self. You know, it's where you've, you've learned through wisdom and you've been able to tap into the best part of yourself that's in alignment with the Tao and the divine plan. So in the position of the sage, you've accumulated wisdom, you've gone beyond personal ambition and you've started utilizing that wisdom for collective good. So they encourage you in this line to share your knowledge, share what you know with others. Uh, you know, through benevolence and devotion, you can bring prosperity to everyone through focusing on what is good in the world and what can be good. If we don't see what we want to see, we can, we can speak to what could be to try to create it together and co-create it. You offer that knowledge humbly to others and give them a path, give them an actionable task. That's important. Give somebody, if you're going to spread the word about this, do your research into what is actionable. In my case, I have my, my ballot ready to go. I'm getting all my friends signed up as far as like, you know, voting and things like that, that's the first thing I can do. That's the, it's not the only thing, but that's one actionable thing. Uh, be generous with your resources, with your gifts, with your knowledge, but offer it humbly. If you offer it through arrogance, you will drive away the people that you are trying to help. Okay. If you offer it through overly fear-based um anger you will cause people to shut down um that's not to say that you shouldn't be real but there's a way to do it where you are to me humility is it's not about you have to not take it so personally you have to say this is what i'm trying to achieve that goal is more important than my ego all right that's what humility, I think, really means deep down is the work is more important than me. So that's what I try to do when I, when I do these shows here, when I do these live streams. This work is more important than me, my ego, all of these things. And I, and I hope that that comes through. I hope that that modesty comes through. And you know, use your power an authority that's reflected in the third decan of Capricorn to serve others. If you're using your power and authority to oppress others, people will rise against you. And that's what we're going to see if we have a, an authoritarian government continue to oppress people rather than serve them. 
people will rise up against it. And this is true in your own life. If you, if you want to be a great leader, you have to be in service of the people that you are leading. And then you will be a benevolent leader rather than a dictator. Okay, release those ulterior motives. Trust the process rather than focusing on the end results. That's important too, being present in the process. Because sometimes it's hard when, when we have a long-term project that we're working on, we get frustrated because we're not seeing the end result yet. But you, you have to know that, that just doing the work itself is contributing. Uh, and this is changing to decrease, number 41, okay? And this reflects kind of the abundance versus scarcity kind of thing, being able to kind of tighten the belt, conserve our resources, but still maintain the necessary energy to create change. 41 translates to decrease, loss, reduction, scaling back, avoiding excess, less is more, okay? And I think it takes everyone saying like, okay, maybe at this point I I will make certain sacrifices, uh, you know, to be able to make change right? Maybe, you know, just for your own sense of self-preservation in difficult times, changing your budget up a little bit. Maybe instead of taking a flight to the West Coast on vacation, you take a smaller trip, a day trip, you know, that's an hour. You know, maybe that, that's one small example of like scaling back. Another thing that you could do, instead of getting bombarded by the news every hour of every day, decreasing the amount of time that you engage with it. That doesn't mean that you never engage with it because that, that is important to clarify. But maybe there's certain times that you do so that you can maintain your health and your sanity. And you say, I'm gonna engage with this once or twice a day and then I'm going to practice my self-care. I'm gonna do what I have to do in relationship to this and then I'm gonna practice my self-care. This is a message to myself too because I'm very guilty of like, scroll 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 oh god the news oh god oh god you know and we have to remind ourselves that hey we have to choose how to engage with this and, and again it does not mean that we're sticking our head in the sand like an ostrich it means that we have to be conscious about consuming you know the different messages from various places and then doing what needs to be done and then resting and then coming the next day engaging doing what needs to be done and then resting that's how you sustain effort over time so that's what I have for you today, folks. Thank you so much for being here today. I so much appreciate all of the birthday wishes. Thank you for these super stickers. Thank you, Susanna. Thank you, Nat. Thank you, Castle Rock. You are all so awesome. I feel so loved and blessed. Uh, I Thank you for spending this time with me today. Thank you for listening and being open to some of these ideas, even if you disagree with some of them. Just us having the conversation creates meaningful change. And I hope that you found some inspiration here uh, that will help you to take care of your own mental, physical, emotional health, but also to find the strength to be able to take care of your community and others as well, because they need you. And they need you to be strong, and they need you to, to have courage. And they need you to be well-rested, well-fed, and we need to be united so you do that through taking good care of yourself and being kind to yourself and to others especially when you're feeling stressed that kindness can go a long way so as always and thank you again like 
I'm just seeing some beautiful comments. Thank you, Lori, for your super sticker. Raven says the Dao, the Dao says the master puts themselves last and finds themselves in the position of authority. <laughs> That's great wisdom, Raven. Exactly. You know, service is important. And thank you, Tanya Amrose, for the birthday wishes. Okay. Thank you, everyone that was here today. Again, I love all of you. I feel so blessed that I was able to spend this time with you and that all of you are here and contributing your wisdom and your intelligence and your, your grace. And um, I'll see you the next time, okay? Uh, remember to be kind to one another and be kind to yourself and we'll get through it together. And hopefully we'll be able to create that beautiful butterfly of society that is equal, that is balanced and is able to take flight. So that's what I've got for you today. And I will see you the next time. Peace, everyone.